Welcome to The Stack, a weekly podcast where we discuss the latest in the world of sales, marketing, and tech, and dive into interesting topics like SEO, content marketing, video, and more. I'm your host, Sean Henry. I'm Tim Spursky. And I am Ryan Sylvester. I see we're all practicing our radio voices. <laughs> yes, we are. Wonderful. Today is Friday, September, September 7th. 7th. And this is the first day I'm back in the office after about two weeks of travel. How do you feel? Tired. Yep, very tired. Um, but uh, it was fun. It was fun. We had. Uh, Where I were was, you? I was in Ireland, glorious country of Ireland, last week, and then this week we were up at uh, Inbound, which was fun. Conference. It was. What yeah. did you guys think of it? Joe, go ahead, Tim. You're the big deep breath in. Inbound is always a blast. Um, you learn a lot, you meet a lot of interesting people. I like the swag most of it. There's a lot of swag. I, I have to shout out to SEM Rush for giving out some killer um, power banks, which, you know, I have so much power right now. <laughs> um, it makes me very happy. My power bank died. Like, I, I know that's not supposed to be like charged yeah. right out of the box, but yeah. come on. Come on. Oh, like it just lost power, but yeah. it may potentially have more life in it if you it, recharge I mean, it. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with these uh, power banks that they give away at conferences and trade shows. They're not like... Oh, they're, yeah, of course. The one the HubSpot gave away, though, is... It's like the Costco choice. version of a AA battery <laughs> yeah, compared right. to, uh, yeah. you know, whatever the premium... As, as long as Duracell. What is it? Duracell. Just Duracell, huh? But as long not as... Energizer? No. 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 Put the bunny. No. If you need a mascot, you are not premium. I anything. like I like the energizer. What is it? The energizer rabbit? What's it? The Does he have an energizer bunny? bunny. Yeah, bunny. I like him because he's got a real. I don't know to know his a real name. Pep to his step. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Duracell one where um, they have the battery in the child locator. You ever seen that? Oh no! It's no. like this mom freaks out at a playground, and she, thank God Duracell battery had the power to charge her location device on her child. Wait, I mean because she was like. Microchipping her, her kid. She's looking at her phone. Yeah, probably. No, no, no. But like, like the kid had a microchip. Like, I swear to God, its ear I'll or look something. Up, we'll put in the show notes. I swear. But um, Facebook this, must be all over that. She just like pressed a button and then it started beeping and then whatever his name is ran out of the woods. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> whatever I'll his name is. <laughs> yeah. Duracell to the rescue. Good yeah. feelings. Mm. Good, good, good. What else? Uh, what was your like number one takeaway from Inbound? My number one takeaway, which is something I know we we talked a bit about um, and we're not entirely sure we agree with, mm-hmm. is just the fact that HubSpot seems to be really doubling down on this um, this idea of delighting the customer as some new kind of revelation, mm-hmm. um, which it's important. You should make your customer really happy so they become evangelists for you, but it's I don't know why it's just dawned on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Brian Halligan's... For our listeners, Brian Halligan, the CEO of HubSpot, his keynote was, um, I would say it was focused on, you know, how he see it, usually all of his keynotes every year at Inbound is it, kind of on like how he sees things changing and like, you know, what his revelation has been uh, as he looks at the world of sales and marketing and HubSpot recently rolled out a new side to their software. So previous, initially it was just marketing and then it was marketing and sales and now it's marketing, sales and service. So they've, they've kind of rounded out their platform to appeal to all the departments that touch the customer experience, which I think is a great thing. Um, but the, the keynote was around the idea that 
um, he sees how in, in the same way, you know, 10 years ago or so, uh, the, the funnel changed and there was all this opportunity around inbound marketing. Um, now he sees that pivoting towards, well, you need to double down on delighting your customers and that'll provide a greater ROI than if you, I mean, I, it seemed as though he was saying that that provides a greater ROI than if you focus on things like traffic growth and lead generation. I don't know if that's what he intended, but that's, that's the message that I heard him communicating. And I, I don't agree with that. I think, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. I think customer delight is critical and it, it absolutely will provide a positive ROI. It's something every business should do if it has any hope of being successful. Um, but yeah, to your point, I don't think it's a, it's not, it shouldn't be a new thing. No, yeah, right? I, I, I would agree. I, even back in college, like when I was back in my marketing one-on-one class. You mean three months ago? Okay, sure. <laughs> um, no, but we would always learn about <laughs> getting everyone to that. Look at you, young. Shut up. <laughs> getting everyone to that promoter Joints spot. doesn't even hurt yet. Yes, they, what? Oh, actually his hair. joints probably crash actually, more than yeah. anyone's. Oh, really? Yeah. I have two fractured vertebrae. Yeah. Sorry, we'll finish your thoughts. Yes. <laughs> so getting everyone to the promoter spot is going to be the best thing for your business. And I don't think that it takes Brian Halligan to tell us that. Yeah. I think we all, I think as a marketer, you should know that, right? Mm -hmm. And we kind of talked and you were going back and forth about, oh, I don't know if I like the message or blah, blah, blah. And and we kind of said, well, is inbound marketing different now? And I, I kind of said to you, well, he kind of just changed the name. You yeah. Know, I don't know if it's, I don't know right. if inbound marketing is dead, but it's definitely changed you know, it yeah. has a different, different name. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, so inbound, if you look at the inbound methodology that a HubSpot, um, you know, they coined it, they, they had this chart that like you've seen all over the place. We use it. Right. Um, at the end of that chart, um, it was about delighting your customers so that they become evangelists. That's always been a part of the inbound methodology. So it's, it's not a new thing. It's not new to be coming from HubSpot either. Um, I definitely don't disagree with the idea that that is a good thing and that you should want word of mouth to be your, your top source of new leads and customers, which that's what HubSpot is now seeing. That is now their top source of um, leads and customers. Um, but again, I, I, I took issue mostly with the fact that this is a, it's a change or a new thing. I, I just don't think it is. I, it's clearly a new thing for HubSpot. You know, they've, they've made some changes. They're seeing a difference, but it shouldn't be a, change in your approach i believe i don't know maybe they're just kind of making up for not focusing on that aspect enough in their maybe. messaging previously maybe. um which that that i i think is a good thing so i don't know um what else would you guys think of uh the product announcements that came out big focus on enterprise i yeah. would say yeah. yeah i mean mostly enterprise i'm really excited about hubspot video but they didn't yeah. they didn't they didn't really do a tease ton with it much. and the only two sessions really were right. at partner day yeah um well why don't we why don't we dive in so let's go into our normal whatever we're going to call it the the focus of the the show where we the um, weekly roundup the weekly roundup where we talk about the the blog posts articles news headlines that really caught our interest and of course the the big thing this week is all the product announcements coming from HubSpot at Inbound. And if you want to see a list of some of the highlights, I mean, this, these are just a handful of the announcements. There's probably dozens more that aren't listed here, but you could find them at HubSpot.com slash new. And of course, if anybody has any interest in seeing any of these firsthand, uh, you could always reach out to us. We'll walk you through it, show you um, some of the firsthand. But uh, 
Tim, what's the first thing that they have here on the list? The I'll say it. it's the growth suite. <laughs> okay. I wanted to make sure I wasn't, I was a little confused about what yeah, you were yeah. talking about. Well, so yeah, they've, they've yeah. rounded out the platform now again to well, cover all aspects of what it takes to grow. Right. Yeah. I think I, I'm, I'm forgetting exactly. Um, they had another chart, you know, comparing where they were last year to where they are this year yeah. in terms of, oh, yeah. of the offering. Yeah. And they really, it is a lot more robust in terms of like, if you are brand new to inbound marketing, you can t- use HubSpot and, and go. If you've mm-hmm. been doing it for a little while, you can pick up HubSpot and, and go. And if you've been around for a long time and you have a really robust, mature company, you yeah. can now pick up HubSpot and have all those tools um, ready to go. I would argue that that's the main message though. Like they, even even Brian Halligan said it in his presentation is like, oh, we, we love startups. We we love working with startups. We interview startups. We, we get most of our suggestions from them. But now it was more of a focus on, hey, we want those big, huge yeah, companies. Yeah. And they're going to, uh, at the end of the day, going to pay, you know, sure. some more money and help them grow. So I, I get it. But, you know, at the same time. Well, yeah. So I, I think early on they, they decided to go after small to maybe mid-sized businesses and they've, they've served them well since day mm-hmm. one. Um, and I, they still do. And I think they will mm-hmm. continue to do that. Um, but where there was a challenge, if you were that small to mid-sized business who is determined to grow, you're probably thinking, am I going to outgrow this system as time moves on? And, right. and that may have caused many to, to pause and say, well, no, maybe I should look at some of their competitors because I don't want to outgrow this and have to have a big systems change, you know, one to two or five years down the road. <laughs> Um, and, and that was true. I think when you got to the enterprise size company, HubSpot was not a good solution because it, it couldn't be, um, tailored to different teams or departments, product lines, you know, and that's how large companies are organized. Like they want their own set of templates that they have access to while the team on the second floor doesn't have access to it. They have their own set of, uh, templates and content and things like that. And with some of the new features that they announced at the enterprise level, that's now possible. You can kind of partition off different yeah. sections of HubSpot uh, in a way that aligns with the needs of a larger business. So it's, it's a very good thing. It's especially, they, and they made it, they pointed this out. It's especially important for sort of, you know, multinational companies. You can, you can, yeah. you can slice and dice based off of um, nation, you know, nation. You can slice and dice based off of even you know, state level. You know, however you want to partition your team, in terms of what contacts or assets or, or content within HubSpot that they have access to, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot more power there. We've also rolled in uh, automatic currency conversion, supporting multiple currencies, whole just a whole lot of features that um, really those larger companies need. On the other side, if you are a brand new business and you're, you know, two or three people and you couldn't afford two hundred for a uh, $800 subscription with marketing basic or marketing pro in the past, they've gone the other direction as well, where they now have all the free options across marketing sales and service, but then they have the starter package at $50 a month. So small businesses who aren't ready to invest, they can get started, um, which is a great thing and eventually grow with the platform over time. So kudos to them there. Now the, the growth suite itself, if you you know are convinced day one, you want to go all in on the platform, They've incentivized, incent, how do you say that word? Inse- I struggle with certain words. Incentivize. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Sorry that I said it like that. I don't know why but I did if, that. If, if you bundle it, like you're, you want to get all these in one shot, they're going to discount it pretty heavily. So there's some incentive in, in just day one going after it all, 
which, you know, to be honest, if you start using the software, you're going to want to expand into those other areas. I will say it, it is, um, it's a bit of a steep jump now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was nice to have that sort of stepping stone. I'm a little yeah. sad that they took it away. Well, we talked about this though. Yeah. I think if you start with starter, um, you know, the, the thinking is that eventually as you grow, you're going to add to the amount of contacts you yeah. have. So, you know, the way that HubSpot does its pricing is you're, you're kind of paying for the number of contacts that you're marketing and selling to. So as that naturally grows, your cost kind of incrementally gets up to that higher right. tier. Right. And then suddenly you're at the point where it just makes sense to go for some of these higher packages. So it'll be, it'll be interesting though. And I imagine they'll evolve it yeah. as time goes on. Um, the big one that we're excited about, of course, so is excited about video, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, you can speak to this a little, little bit more, but there's now going to be in, you know, right out of, out of the box HubSpot um, video creation capability. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, like woven in and out the, the whole platform, which is great. Which is really cool. Um, I'm just a little bummed that I did not have the opportunity to see a demo of it um, yeah. in action. You know, at, at HubSpot, I thought I really thought they've you know they've been hyping it up for right a while, and they didn't they didn't right puts so, a lot of pressure on the you know other party you know sure. video video production stuff out there. So yeah, I'm sure that that's what they meant to do, but. You know. Well, let, let me read the description of the product. So um, it is video creation, hosting, and management. Again, it's in both the sales, both sales, marketing, and service side of the platform. Um, so, you know, their key message there is that video, um, it, it should be a core part of your business strategy. It's not just a one-off tactic that you should be using here and there. Um, and that's because people desire that face-to-face human interaction when they're working with a, a business. So it makes total sense, you know, the internet technology has evolved where it's very easy to deliver video. People aren't as concerned about speeds anymore. So, that, you know, they'll gladly watch something on their phone. So it's become much more accessible. It makes total sense to use it in your marketing. Um, so they say HubSpot now offers a series of video tools woven throughout our marketing, sales, and customer service software with functionality that includes video creation, hosting, management, and measurement. You'll be able to elevate the video strategy across your entire business to match how people watch video today and using those tools you can let's see here uh create actionable automated roi positive video campaigns that include built-in ctas and forms your sales team will build stronger relationships with prospects through authentic one-to-one video emails and your customer service team will help customers faster using personalized one-to-one video tickets now we've done all that at pepperland um I've, I've recorded videos for individual prospects who've reached out to us telling them how to do certain things or giving them advice. Um, and me we, and Tim have always planned to do videos. Yeah. yeah every, we'll get them every on camera. Whenever, <laughs> whenever Sean has um, recommended that I do a video, mm-hmm. I have very readily agreed and then done something else. Disregarded it. Yep. I just, I needed a haircut. And now that I have a haircut, I can um, get in front of the camera because yeah. I'm, I'm sharp again. But even for our marketing, um, some of our top, referral source is YouTube now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've gotten several deals directly from YouTube. We, we are now signing some contracts from videos that we create on YouTube. So we've seen firsthand that it is a great way to generate qualified leads and to develop a relationship. Um, and uh, I, I think we're going to be doubling down in video uh, in the year ahead. I think all businesses really should. And, you know, fortunately if you're using HubSpot, it's now there across really every tool that you might use. So very pumped about that. And if you're using pro or enterprise, you have it. There's no additional cost. Um, 
So I think a lot of people will be surprised when they're logging into HubSpot and say, what is this? I didn't know that that was going to be there. One of the things I don't see in this list, and I'm, there's a video at the top, it might be in the video, but we went to a session that talked about the email. Or no, that was the keynote. So um, so actually, and I didn't, I, I, when I was I was talking with someone from the HubSpot area, the drag and drop sort of WYSIWYG mm. um, MailChimp-esque email builder is has already been in beta testing and we've we've but actually not for pro well so we've had access to it um in beta um but whenever i've gone to create an email it tends to be urgent so i go to what i know i ignore right. the try beta right. um so i just haven't i have completely tuned it out but i'm really excited about it not so much for myself but i, I think that it could make um some of the email building a little bit easier for some of our clients mm. and for just for some some um you know, in general, some businesses that have used MailChimp in the past, it's nice to go to something similar to what you've used. Mm, right. Um, so I, I see some some potential there. It's, it's really cool. Makes it easy for me. I like it. Yeah. So there's obviously much, much more that uh, they either kind of quietly released at the conference or very publicly released it. So definitely encourage you to go and, and check that out. Yeah. So there are a few other, we don't want to only talk about HubSpot. Um, uh, so I think we've all got like one or two articles that we want to yeah. spotlight. I've got three. Well, why don't you give us your top one? Because we don't want to keep them listening to us forever. We don't. Um, I mean, well, you, I you don't. guys could listen to us as long as you'd like. Um, I like guess you. the one, the one that's probably the most consequential is um, this article titled, "Where is it?" Um, <laughs> Google sites using a lot of JavaScript may not be moved to mobile-first indexing. Um, this is on Search Engine Journal by Matt Southern. Um, you know, we'll share a link in, in the, the um, not the meeting notes, the, uh, the show notes once we publish it. But more or less the, what this article is talking about is the fact that Google's John Muller, um, you know, he was, he, he was helping a website owner. He, he cautions them that um, you know, using a lot of JavaScript on your website may prevent um, your site from being moved to mobile first indexing. Which, um, you know, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, you think about how, how common JavaScript is across the web. Yeah. Um, you know, how many websites are using it? And if you're using too much, you, you might be penalized for that. Totally. Um, yeah. And we, we've been looking at this, the, the whole area around JavaScript and mobile first indexing quite a bit lately, right? Uh, yeah. Just before the call, we were yeah. doing a little experimentation there. Um, Which was pretty, pretty shocking, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. It's... It's when people think about web marketing, SEO marketing, they think about keywords mm -hmm. and how ranking for certain keywords are, you know, it's going to get you traffic and blah, 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 blah. And that's true. That's a huge part of, of um, inbound marketing, SEO marketing, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. But people tend to ignore the more, so a lot of people tend to ignore the more technical stuff, like how your website's built yeah, and the impact that that can really have on, even on, I mean, you could have the best content out there yeah. targeting a certain Yeah, but your navigation rate. sucks and no one can right. find it or so search engine exactly. can find it. What we were doing, and I would encourage anybody who's listening to try, we we went into Chrome and we disabled JavaScript in Chrome. And the reason we did that is because many search engines, excluding Google, <clears throat> um, still do not uh, crawl and render well, they don't render JavaScript, so they're not going to crawl, say, links that are only accessible with JavaScript enabled and fully executed. Um, so a good thing to try is to disable JavaScript in your browser 
and go through your website and see if you can get to all the important pages on your site the way you, you normally could. Um, and quite often you're going to find you can't. So the site that I'm not, I'm not going to mention that we were, were looking at, um, very, um, very heavily visited website, um, over a million sessions per month. Um, if you disable JavaScript on that site, you can't get past the homepage because the, the links are gone. Everything breaks. So if you are any search engine other than Google that is attempting to crawl, you know, um, that site, it's, it's going to have a hard time. Even Google, if, if there's an issue with your JavaScript and it runs into that error, it may just stop. Um, so even with Google, who's pretty sophisticated with this, it could run into trouble in a, a situation like that. And, um, yeah, it's just not something that I think gets enough attention. So yeah, disable JavaScript, try clicking through your website, see if there's any issues. And then and on the mobile index, mobile first indexing side of things, try browsing your website on a mobile device and pay attention to the links that are visible on your mobile navigation, your mobile homepage compared to your desktop. You know, are you scaling back the links that are present on your mobile version? If so, you may run into some issues when Google starts to crawl your site mobile first. So well, entirely what the article talked about, but I think it'll well, be yeah. to. Well, and it's just, you know, for people thinking, well, who cares about the search engines other than Google, mm -hmm. Bing, Yahoo, who cares? I mean, but if you think about on a multinational level, like Baidu, whatever, yeah, you know, totally. China's search engine if let's say if you you want to reach the, the chinese market mm -hmm. that, that's the search engine you need and if they don't right. understand what your website's about yeah you're gone yeah so it's not just you know domestically google's competitors um it's everyone right right good one um and just real quick because the headline was kind of shocking to me i'm gonna throw it out there i'm sorry i like hearing myself talk also from search engine journal by matt southern um, headline, over 25% of Facebook users have deleted the app from their phone. Do you believe that? I, I, it's from the Pew Research Center. So because. It seems high. I mean, maybe, it, maybe it, it's true. That's a, that's, yeah, yeah, that's so a huge a, number. Just a couple of quick bullets from their survey. 54% um, of users have adjusted their privacy settings within, this is all within the past year. 42% um, have taken a break from checking Facebook for several, several weeks or longer. Mm. Uh, 26% have deleted the Facebook app from their phone and 74% have done at least one of the above. Um, this really depends a lot on um, age breakdown. Mm -hmm. Just for example, 44% of users between the ages of 18 and 29 have deleted the Facebook app compared to only 12% of users age 65 or older. That is older. incredibly shocking to me. Um, I, I, this is, again, this is self-reported, right. I believe. So well, here's, here's my issue with it. I, I think they needed to slice this by um, normal daily active users. Like those people who yeah. deleted off their phone, you know, how many of them hadn't opened up the app anyway in a month? It's fair. You know, and maybe, maybe they do, but I think that's a missing... I didn't read this article, so maybe it does address I'll, this. I'll but. have to take a look at the original research because yeah. it's also just a recap. Um, but it was just, I mean, either way, yeah. that's a. Well, so like I have Snapchat on my phone. I can't tell you the last time I opened up that app. You've I'll never be honest. Snapped chat? I've, I've accidentally snapped, snapped chat. Accident people oh, before, wow. probably during very embarrassing moments. 
but uh, <laughs> I I am not. Oh man, I am by you no. You ever do that? Like you know, you, you accidentally go and like go to the like the the story feature in an app or something. No, I'm know. not sure how you pocket dial things on the smartphone. Well, I but you I, do I very regularly. I did a Facebook Live video when I was taking the dogs out one night. It was it was enthralling. <laughs> I was getting really angry at the dogs too because they're all tangled up. Um, I am by <laughs> oh my people. Are, oh man, I yeah. am by no means a daily Snapchat user, but we will include this in the show notes because it's beautiful. I Snapchatted a rod at yeah, inbound. That was interesting with some beautiful filters, and I'm it just makes me so happy, and every, it should make everyone else happy. That's enough from Tim. So I'm I'm sorry. So I'll I'll, I'll take my article next. Um, this is one of the those articles that I'm mad that I didn't get to first um, because this is something that I've, I've kind of gone on about a bit. We, we sort of got to this with one of our blog posts about a year ago on the different types of pillar pages. Um, but I talked about, um, so it, it's not quite a pillar page, but it's a, a page in your site that's acting like a bit like a content hub, i.e. a category page. Um, whether that's a blog post or an e-commerce or something. And, and I just am always thinking these category pages that are created by blogs, by e-commerce sites, they are such a missed opportunity because everybody just seems to stick with the default format that say WordPress creates where it says like latest in pink blankets. I don't know. I couldn't think of a category. I, I like coming up with these, uh, on the spot. Yeah. 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 Usually Be- lawnmower, but we'll go with pink I like blankets. lawnmowers. Yeah. So like red t-shirts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, everybody, they neglect it. You know, it doesn't, it, there's no creativity gone into these, um, category pages, but they tend to be some of the most heavily linked to pages on your website. Like 90% of your website links to these category pages, but nobody puts any emphasis and or effort to try to make them strong landing pages for a, a searcher which is a big missed opportunity. So this article, it is um, how to create category pages that rank and convert 10 times higher. It's by Cyrus Shepard on Zippy. It's right. Zippy.com. I believe. Zippy. It's a fun domain. Yeah. Um, great blog post. It, it really gets exactly to it. Like, well, I'm just, I'm thinking this is something that, like you said, it's something you've talked about quite, yeah. quite a lot. Um, yeah. Last. Oh God. Um, like, 18 months ago, just for fun, I, I launched a website myself and I was putting a lot of um, time into thinking about the category names and what I, what I expected the users would be searching for and, mm. and what I expected those category pages should look like. And your advice was, it doesn't matter. It's going to change <laughs> once you have some, some data, first mm-hmm. of all. Um, and I was like, ah, what does Sean know? And I did, you know, I did what I wanted to do. And now I'm, I'm looking back. It's like, these suck. <laughs> they're the wrong they're the wrong yeah. terms they're, they're called the wrong things and frankly um the pages are just right. like you said you know right. the latest in um when it should be more of an experience mm-hmm. so this is what he says in the article he says they are everywhere created automatically by popular blogging and e-commerce platforms they are persistent in navigation and heavily linked to within your site architecture on the other hand, they are often ignored by authors, users, and search engines alike. With only a little bit of effort, you can create category pages that actually stand out, rank, and successfully engage your audience. And he then goes on to walk through how you might do that and includes a very nice infographic giving you a visual of what it might look like. Um, and in the infographic, I'll just kind of walk through top to bottom what it includes. Let me go back to it. 
um, at the top, you have your headline and his example is great mystery books. And that's followed by some user centric copy, something nobody adds to their category page. Even if it's just a short paragraph, like tee things up, give some sort of uh, introductory um, language there before you dive directly into the content. Follows that up with the links to related categories and subcategories. So historical, suspense, clowns, horror, thrillers. Clowns. So there's always subcategories within a main category, right? And you can imagine the subcategories do exactly the same thing in, in their layout. After that, they have top-rated popular products and posts with reviews and then recommended. So this is kind of the curated content, recommended auth- um, brands and articles or, or authors guides and tools. So I imagine a lot of these blog posts or products have buying guides or eBooks associated with it. So the category page is also leading into those downloadable gated assets. And then it gets to sorting and filtering controls. Uh, and then just the normal, um, the normal format of, uh, I don't know if it's, is it paginated or paging? I would say say pagination. Yeah. Pagination. Sean. Imagination, imagination. Well, I only know because I did all that research. This yeah, morning. yeah. I <laughs> meant, I meant to say this earlier when you were talking about it. Is it Marketo or Marquito? Oh God, it's got to be Marketo. Damn. Sean doesn't like how I pronounce things. Yes. Or the phrase "I'm gonna wolf down something." Yeah. yeah just don't say wolf. I when we're done with this, I'm going to the store, getting me a salad, and I'm gonna wolf it down. <sighs> Sorry. Anyway, back to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, really, really good visual. And I, I just wish everybody would do It's this. giving me some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, on the side of content. So I went to a really interesting session. Uh, it was all about repurposing content. In session at um, Inbound? Session at Inbound. Yep. And the presenter, her name was Brittany Berger. Awesome last name. <laughs> oh, now that's now. what I yeah. wanted to myself. <laughs> yeah. Bacon cheeseburger. Blue cheese. Bacon. That's oh, what man. I had at the uh, hotel. Really? Yeah. It was. It was, oh, it was, yeah, it was that was you, probably worth when 50 you skipped bucks, that under, whatever it cost. It was twenty. It was, 20. It was good, but it, I mean, twenty bucks for a burger. Back to the other burger. <laughs> um, and she was talking about like this minimalistic content marketing, and she, I told Sean this this morning, and she had said, you know, I wrote a year's worth of blog posts and basically took another year off, which is a bit of a stretch. Mm. Uh, I think it would be hard for us to do, but. You know, she, we all know this, like taking a piece of content. So we, we did something like this for Pepperland for the pillar, uh, pillar page. We turned it into its own pillar page. The, we know we turned it into a masterclass, which was a video. We mm-hmm. have videos within the post. Uh, we talk about it on the podcast, but she said basically taking it from text to video to audio, mm. which is what we did, mm-hmm. you know, and we, and we really expanded it. So if you have, you know, if this, this were me or us right now, you know, we have a client of ours that we could probably do this for taking their high traffic, high value landing mm-hmm. pages, turning that into a video, putting that video on the blog post and right. putting that into a podcast. Right. I, I think it makes total sense. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it, it makes sense it's, to everyone, but the fact is that you have to go actually go out there and do it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you it's, know, it, it's, it took us how long to make those videos. Yeah. And turn it yeah, into a podcast, yeah. but cause it, like it, you can, and like, yeah, I could see like, you can stop your new content creation if that's what you want to do. But it, I, I feel like that me personally, I feel like that's the wrong decision. I feel like you want to be, be, I should be yeah. yeah. But, but what's interesting about it is it, it probably is a heck of a lot easier to repackage a blog post into a video and then into a podcast because you've already done the research. You've already mm-hmm. thought through the, the message that you want to communicate. And that is often the hardest part. You know, it's figuring out what it is you want to say 
you know, and the, the right way to say it. So if you've, if you've written a blog post that's performing pretty well, you've validated that there's some interest and some right. ROI in it. Um, you are tapping into totally different audiences. If you then distribute that in video format or an audio format, like on the way back from inbound, Tim probably hated me for it, but I, uh, I, oh, nah. <laughs> I put on a podcast version of, um, I'm so glad of, a book, <laughs> of a book that, that HubSpot put out who, you know, we actually met the author at the, the conference. Dan Vivian, right? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I know. I, know. <laughs> uh, I confused the two HubSpot yeah, Dans. We, we I apologize. Two different Dans at HubSpot. And yeah, it gets a little I'm sure there's more. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. They're the only two Dans at HubSpot. Um, but I mean, I like what they did. They, they, so they have a book called Inbound Organization, which, uh, I have. bought and it's been sitting here at the office <laughs> and I, you know, I always pretend I'm going to read books. And Follow the, us on Instagram to see a picture of it later today. Right. But my problem is, you know, I'm, I'm pretty busy. So what usually ends up happening is I'll buy a book and I don't read it. And then two months later I get the audio version of it on audible and I listen to it while I'm cutting the grass, which takes me three hours every weekend. Um, or, you know, if, if I can get the information on YouTube or in a podcast, I'll often seek it out that way. So, you know, you, that's how people live you know, right. it's how they consume information. It, it's it's all not about, always going to be text. It's yeah. always about yeah. getting the most out of your content, but at the same time, not beating a dead horse. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that we've probably been an abuser of that at some point. Sure. But let me give you an example. <laughs> so in her presentation, she said, Bruno Mars changed up a song that no one knew on an old album in 2016. He changed it to an upbeat rhythm Whoa. and added the well-known Cardi B. Whoa. Which and song now, is this? That so, that same song, that now has a different beat and, and another singer has won awards and and it's, has been on the top charts. In Hot the dog. Country. So, you know, it a simple change. I mean, sometimes we change a URL and it totally you know yeah changes the traffic we get. So it's it's all about those small changes, but calibrated small the changes. The Beatles did that. They had a song called "One After 909 that they recorded in the early days of the Beatles. Back in, back in the 80s. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then they, they reintroduced it on Let It Be. Total different feel to it. And it's it's really good. Yeah, but I mean, even since the band has broken up yeah. and, you know, songs have stopped being made, different versions of songs are being made. And totally. it keeps the Beatles, you know, around yep. and, and relevant and all that stuff. So it's always updating, refreshing, yeah, republishing. Um, just on that note, I got to throw it out there. Weezer, you should not have done a cover of... Africa. Oh, they're definitely yeah. listening. I'm sure so, it's, it's just, I like, I, actually, like, I like it. I like it. I'm sorry. I like it, it yeah. but you, you, you added nothing to it. And as a consumer, that bothers me. Who wants to do their best attempt at singing that song? Not me. In the style of Bruno Mars. Oh, definitely not me. You can't do it. I, I no, don't want new, new well, that's, creativity. Sean, go for it. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, whistling and humming. Sean Henry is now quiet. You could, you could probably whistle a good version of that song. I don't know how well whistling would come across on the, the microphone. Oh, it would be awful. Oh, God. we'll see that later. Let's, Hopefully, let's I didn't break yeah. anyone's ears. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so oh, okay. So one other thing, I don't know if they touched on this in the presentation, but um, I, so I love the idea of kind of repackaging content and just getting more mileage out of it by using different formats. Mm -hmm. um, what we found works really well is just making sure there's also that linkage between the different formats. Like so, bi-directional linking? Right. So it's very, very common that we'll see somebody who stumbles across a video on YouTube but needs to like understand it a little bit better. Mm. So they'll click on the link to the related blog post in the YouTube description, 
come to the website, read that information, sometimes go back to YouTube. And it's after that back and forth that we then get the, you know, person reaching out to us right. um, through live chat, you know? So it's just, it's, um, you want to have that linkage between things. Don't, don't just chop it up and leave it out there. It's a messy benefit to that. True. Just um, before we close up, speaking of, you know, going back, you mentioned live chat. Just want to yeah. mention um, HubSpot has announced that that is now free. Free? For, um, you know, it's on they HubSpot marketing free. a big emphasis free. on the bots. Um, yeah. So it, it's just, you know, wanted to, that was something I meant to mention when we were talking about HubSpot. So thanks for reminding me. Cool. Well, I think that's it for this week. We'll be back next Friday and go to the website to uh, check out the show notes. If you want to see links to anything that we talked about this week, would love it if you subscribed and left a review for us on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Or SoundCloud. Or SoundCloud. Or come in and say hi. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Come in and say hi. Um, we really like... Pizza. Pizza. Beer and burgers. I'm actually really sad that we didn't get pizza up in Boston. I know. Yeah, but... I know. It's not known for it, but we were talking about it and it made me want it. Oh, let me. And that uh, never happened. Here's my other complaint. Uh, if Boston, if you're listening, why does a Wendy's close at 10 o'clock? Seriously. They have Wendy's in Boston? There was there a was Wendy's. There was one right across from um, our Wait, hotel. Wendy's isn't that? I'm thinking of Duchess now, oh, if you're yeah. from Connecticut. Never been. But they don't have Duchess outside of Connecticut, do they? I don't know. Uh, I no, saw I Honeydew so. in Massachusetts and I thought that was an yeah. only Rhode Island thing. Yeah. Now, if you have never heard of Duchess and you happen to be passing through Connecticut, please treat yourself to a double. Bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Oh, oh, okay. So yeah, those are delicious. But or a also, hot dog. also, I don't agree with the hot dog, but I, the I, chicken sandwich, the the breaded fried chicken sandwich, so good. Yeah, I forget what it's called. All right, tune in next week. We'll see you.